Everybody, Norm over here, and our guests on this broadcast are Dominic Lewis and Daniel Future. Now, these guys do a lot of movie music, TV music, and it just shows you that there's a lot of other ways to make a living playing music, and these guys are going to give you some hints on how they got to where they are. So check them out. Yeah. <laughs> What the hell's going on? You I asked said, Nick play to the play guitar. something. I'm playing the yeah. freaking guitar. <laughs> it's like a lullaby. I'm starting to fall asleep. Uh, I hope you don't, because I got a pretty interesting podcast today. There you go. That, you that, go. that woke me up. My eyes are open. Uh, today we have the great Dominic Lewis, and we've got Daniel Future. F-U-T-C-H-E-R, and we've got Nick Dias. And uh, the reason I have Nick in today is because Nick is from Great Britain and from London, and uh, Daniel is from London, and in case I need an interpreter... Dominic's from London. Dominic's, uh, Dominic's from London. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I heard you from London. I heard you talking. from the states here. Sorry, guys. No, Norm's a little bit senile. I, I think it was this sleepy uh, lullaby there that kind of made me even more. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was my yeah. bad. Yeah. Right. But I brought in Nick to um, to kind of translate for me for Dominic <laughs> because uh, you know Nick speaks American and English too. So <laughs> well, I heard you talking to Dom, so and I was like, any time there's an English accent, I perk up. Obviously, I get to, to shoot the shit with a fellow uh, a fellow Brit, and uh, it turns out we got a couple of mutual friends anyway. Yeah. After looking over Dominic's. Uh, 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 call sheet there real quick i noticed he did the soundtrack for free birds which our mutual friend jimmy hayward directed which was a really funny film when was that a few years ago 2013 i think 13 14 yeah. around there yeah yeah that's how was, 13 how was that? in american that was amazing <laughs> you know it was a funny how i got the gig i was they were all set up to hire another composer and um Jimmy was like, I just want to meet this guy. So I went in for a meeting and we started talking about, you know, 70s Broncos and we just we just, we just completely hit it off. And Flying he, V's. And, and he yeah. tells a story that, well, he told the story to me that he was on his porch in Hollywood in his boxer shorts calling this other composer going, listen, I'm really sorry, I want to give this young guy a chance. And I'm so grateful he did because, you know. Yeah, he's a great dude, Jimmy. Uh, the man might be a genius, actually. I would agree he's with a, you on a, that. And a, and a really good fun night out. And like you said, if you get him on the subject of Broncos, flying Vs, heavy yeah, metal, yeah. Rush. Yeah, uh, anything. He's, yeah, he's in. He's in yeah, the whole night. A man of many talents. So film work is, is your, your the main thrust of you being in L.A., right? That's right, yeah. And no, I moved out here to do that. Um, how, did that how did that journey start? Well, um... My dad's a cellist, so he played in... Um, and that's, that's your main instrument, right? Cello. Was. It, wa- it <laughs> it's, was. It's very rusty these days. Yeah. I, I pick it up and I play I do a TV show called Man in the High Castle, so I do all the cello on that um, with some help from the computer that's with the timing and Scott tuning. Thing, right? Yes, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, dad's a cellist and he started doing... He started playing on film scores in the late 90s, early 2000s. In London? In London, yeah. yeah. Um, so... 
I, st- I got really interested in what he was doing and I was sort of falling in love with film music at the time, so I went along. Um, and I met uh, Rupert Gregson-Williams, who did the music for Wonder Woman and Aquaman and many other things. Yeah. Um, He's the son of Harry. He's the brother of Harry. Brother of Harry. Brother right? of Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I went to school it's with Rupert's daughter. Oh, cool. So... Uh, some I can't remember exactly how it happened, but got talking to Rupert, and he sort of invited me down, and um, you know, I became his like shadow for a bit, and he wow. would leave the room, and I'd tinker about at the age of fifteen, sixteen, and wow. it was really cool. So the idea, so then I went to the Royal Academy of Music um, to study composition, mm-hmm. and then um, the idea was to work for Rupert at the end of that, and he was like, "Listen, I can't, I don't have anything right now for, yeah. to like bring on another assistant." So. He's like, well, get yourself out to LA and I'll introduce you to Hans and we'll see what happens. And so that all happened and I, I moved out here, I met Hans. And and the Hans we're talking about, of course. Oh, of the Zimmer variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Hans for the American Hans. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me Let me just say here one thing. You know, um, a lot of people, you know, start out being musicians because they want to be in a rock band. Daniel, I'm sure yeah, you. That's what I tried to do. That's what yeah. I was doing too. And, you know, I was uh, Dominic, and you know, to do so that same, same kind of thing. And then, you know, like you hit a fork in the road and an opportunity comes along. And um, you're both you guys are complete musicians. I mean, it's not just guitar or cello. I mean, it's orchestration, it's um, right, yeah, recording. Yeah. And, and so doing film soundtrack is a completely different school of art, really, than yeah. doing um, just playing live and that kind of thing. So I wanted to kind of introduce you to these guys. And just to tell you, I mean, if you want to be a professional musician and all you young guys that are listening that do, you might as well try to study everything you can about music because yeah, an opportunity yeah. may come by and when somebody says to you, can you, before they even finish a sentence, the answer's got to be yes. Yeah. Because if you can't, somebody else is going to step in yeah, and do it. Yeah, that's so true. And you know, most of the guys um, who are doing it for a living now, the big A-listers, they all started off in bands. Yeah, James Newton Howard yeah. was Elton John's pianist. Hans was in the Buggles. Yeah, um, my, friend, my friend Nick South up in Topanga is the same thing. Right. He was in uh, rock bands through the 70s and sort of fell into a composing gig yeah. and found out he was really, really good at it. You know, John Williams was a jazz pianist. Lander. Yeah. And a session yeah. Oh, pianist yeah, for, that's for, right. for, yeah, for yeah. Jerry Goldsmith and all those older guys. So, I mean, yeah. you start somewhere and if that... It doesn't. If it doesn't work, then there's always another fork in the road. You can go down and, and see if that works. And that's what happened for me. I was I was writing songs and 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 gigging and doing the bars in London, and it was just brutal and horrible. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I fell in love. But it's still with, a I used good education, road. isn't it? I mean, it's it great. Gives, it gives yeah. you breadth on on what musicians have to do to make a to make a cross and. And hugely useful for for what I do, which is our comp. Not it's not just writing on a piece of paper for for orchestra. It's it's engineering. It's you know a lot of technology. It's a lot of sample work yeah. and, and all sorts of stuff. So that that basis that I had from bands and stuff, and and I'm it's sure huge. Danny's the same. It's massive for, for yeah. recording and engineering and that side because now. When you're in a room with a director and playing stuff, he, you can't just play him a piano piece. They want to hear what it's going to sound like. So you have to know yeah. all the technology, all the samples. You've got to put the atmosphere in there. And exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you and Daniel hook up, Dan? Um, so Danny uh, was at Berkeley 
Um, and in his summers off, he would intern at Remote Control when, when I was still there. Um, I was doing my own thing at that time, but I just recently stopped working for Henry Jackman and Hans and all those guys as an additional mm. composer. Um, so Danny ended up being an assistant for a friend of mine called Alex Belcher. Um, also another guy, started in Nashville, bands, now is doing film music. Yeah. Um, and then when my assistant sort of quit on me, um, I needed a new assistant. So then uh, Alex was like, oh, you have to use Danny, he's great. And from, I mean, I may be remembering this wrong, but from the first meeting, we just clicked. The, the interview, it was like, I walked in, my old boss was there on the couch, and I sit there and we kind of talk. For, we don't talk about like what I know, like what I can bring to the table. It's just like, hey, what's up? And they're like, all right. Uh, we're gonna grab some lunch. Yeah. So, so that's it. can you hang? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's one of the really most important, important things in in all business is um, you know, uh, yeah. can you hang and Being can able you to hang. Um, you know be able to get along and somebody that you can talk to and if you have an idea that you can express it to them and you're not gonna get uh, resistance all the time and that kind so of thing and, and you guys complement each other with these hours. I mean, we yeah. do. I mean. You know, Danny can attest to this. It's that we do like long, long hours, especially closer to a deadline. You got deadlines, and if you and can't yeah. hang with that person, it's miserable. Just yeah. to sit in the room yeah, yeah, yeah. if there's any tension, it just will throw everything off. And you've so got to have somebody which you seem like you got a lot of positive energy. So it's oh, like, totally. Well, let's, yeah. let's get it done. You know, you know, no, he's a diamond. You know, it's oh, like, we'll never do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's from, from the beginning. It was like you know, there's yeah. a little brother figure yeah. more than an assistant. You know what I mean? So, so it's, it's so, been great. How much how much do you love being a film composer now as composed, uh, as opposed to uh, your your roots as a band member or whatever? I mean, I love it, and I wouldn't yeah. want to do anything else because, as as Norm said, you get to combine everything, and, and I've I've spent my time learning all those aspects of the music right. business and and music. Um, Having said that, you know, I miss I miss the performing side of things. Whenever I get time off, I you know, I try and write a few songs. I just put some songs up on Spotify today that I wrote a couple of years ago. Oh, cool. Um, so I do, I do miss the performing side of things, and I'm trying to like get the sort of my film music and my TV music into a place where I can perform them because a yeah. lot of composers now are doing that. Hans yeah. is doing it, Brian Tyler's doing it. I mean, Alan Silvestri's doing it. Everyone's doing it. Um, but I wouldn't change it for anything. I absolutely adore it. I love being able to tell story with music. I love being yeah. associated with theatre and drama, and also being able to write music as well. It's just. And it was kind of a the dream that came true that I didn't realize I had when I was trying to, you know, in that yeah. bar with one person kind of smoking away. Yeah. So listening let me ask to you something with you. You're playing with in bars in London and mm. all that. You know, I've heard that uh, some of the people drink there. Is that, uh, yeah, there's a tendency it's to, happened. to do that. Yeah. It's happened yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, I, Some I of the people wasn't... actually throw their drink at you. Yeah. <laughs> which That's... I had in Barry and Wales. They either clap or they throw something at you. That's the review. Yeah, right? we, yeah. Turned, we turned up to a gig we did in Barry. I had a 10-piece band at the time as well, whilst I was at the Academy. Um, and it was all like 80s. I, I had this 80s thing that I just I adore the 80s. And it was all original stuff. I'm we, from the 80s, just by the way. I'm well, just yeah. saying. <laughs> you may be from the 80s, but you weren't born in the 80s. No, I was born, and I, 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 I constantly think that I was born in the wrong time. But anyway, so we turned up for this gig, and there was Chicken Wire in yeah. front, or at the front of the stage. Where was it? We that was like, like the Blues in Brothers. Barry, in Wales. In ba oh, there you go, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was that was one of the roughest. Wales is roughest. a Wales is a rough gig, and they, I, I've course, been to Wales. I had a friend at a farm English. there, and it was uh, yeah, yeah. And talking of people throwing stuff, as yeah. Chris Triggs' farm you're talking about. That's right. I one of my earliest. 
bigger shows I was doing, my, my band background, got up to this bit. I was, and I, I was you stage. were playing with, what was that famous comedian that you were playing with? Who became a comedian? Oh, with, with Ricky Gervais, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it might actually have been one of those gigs. Anyway, I remember talking and throwing stuff. I remember going up to a spotlight for a first big solo. I was on stage at the marquee, you know, living the dream. And I sort of popped my head into this halo of light. You know, I had a lot of nice hair back then as well, so it was better. And uh, Chris Trigg lobbed a beer can from the middle of the crowd, and it just hit me. It was like a perfect... <laughs> Like Gary Lineker. I had no idea that he was, was that a, athletic, yeah. you know. <laughs> the bastard. Yeah, I'll never forget him for that. Yeah. Anyway. So is that how he hired you or no? <laughs> no, I, I, you, that's another story. Well, oh, speaking right. of throwing stuff, the reason I hired Danny was that my last assistant like got very angry with me and threw my chair across the room and oh, really? sort of <laughs> semi-quit. So yeah. well, that the theme continues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's you what Long Hours does. Yeah, did you play in clubs? Did you, I know your guitar player? Yeah, from when I was a kid, I... Like I was in like kid like metal bands and stuff growing up, and we that's all we did was play shows. That's the whole the whole thing. So well, that's you, almost music, right? You, yeah, you, you got metal. quite far, no, right? Though, didn't you? Uh, yeah, America's we, Got Talent. Or yeah, yeah, we did yeah. like uh, the next great American band, which is like the American Idol equivalent. Oh, that's cool. And we were like the, the we were like the gimmick kid band on the show, but it was like an awesome experience, like for me. Yeah. And, but exactly what you're saying, like learning every little aspect. So when we did Peter Rabbit and the director like wanted so much like, like live elements and live instruments and all that. And that's exactly what we brought to the table. It was like, oh, yeah. okay, well, let's mic yeah. this amp like this because those are all that. memories yeah. when I was a kid. Okay, right. we do this amp and we could stereo fire yeah, this. Yeah, it's like, then we made it like, like an epic EP that like we wouldn't have been able to do without our band experience. Without this, yeah. Like if you just won... Like one track, there's no way that. Well, you know, that's fantastic, and that's this is another good thing about these podcasts because it'll show young musicians there's there, there's a million ways to skin a cat. Oh yeah. Totally. Every little bit of experience you you've had, yeah. either as a, a band member or a, or you know just scribbling lyrics down on a sheet of paper, mm -hmm. it all comes back to yeah, you at some point and helps. And, and sure. Dom, you've good received thing. a lot of awards, uh, and both of you guys, you, you guys do a lot of like cartoon movies. How to yeah. train your dragon. Yeah, and I worked, like that. that was my I first love that movie. <laughs> my first gig when I came out here as an additional composer um, was was working on How to Train Your Dragon, and it was just a, it was like I, I had to pinch myself, you know. It was yeah. it was because I didn't realize what it was, but and then the, you know as you're working on it, then the buzz starts. It's like, whoa, this is going to be huge. Well, it's going to be great. Um, yeah. And then it got nominated for. How old um, were you then? Twenty-four. Oh wow. Oh, fantastic. You know, yeah. I've got uh, grandchildren, so um, I've seen a lot of the movies yeah. and the things that you've been yeah. involved in. So, uh, and, and it's cool. It's like reliving your childhood. It's right? really nice, you know. And I've got two young kids, and it's it's nice to do those things because they can watch it and they can be a part of it. Because I've done a lot of stuff in the past that's you know R-rated comedy or the Man yeah. of the High Castle show I do is about Nazis. So it's not really something you can show to your children. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, doing doing stuff like Peter Rabbit and Ducktales and and, and Free Birds and all those cartoon stuff is. Um, it's great. I love yeah. it. And, it, it, and I'm able to unleash the inner kid in me. <laughs> As musicians, we're all children, right? We, we uh, yeah. just don't grow it's, up. It's right. called the rest of the development. And, oh, that's, yeah. and that's kind of the, the theme in my store all one. the time is Arrested Development. I don't think there's one person who comes in there that plays guitar that's actually a complete grown-up. No. Right? no. Including myself. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's 
that might be part of the element of it. If, once you've grown up and sort of serious, that who wants to listen to yeah, that? No, you know what I mean? So uh, tell us about some of the other stuff that you've done. You know, just, uh, I, you know, I've got a list and, I, you know, it's, I'd like to hear it from you, some of the people. I mean, I know Kung Fu Panda. I worked on that, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the kind of really massive movies that I've worked on, I've sort of been in the wings. And, you know, as, as a film composer, you go through a stage of, of sort of ghostwriting and, and not really at the forefront and just helping out the main composer and doing, and doing all those kind of things that... Um, so how, how does that actually... Well, say you're working with, a, with a, the main guy... Will he say to you, hey, I need something for this this uh, character entrance or something? Or Yeah, how, I mean, it... it's mainly taking the material that they've come up with and um, composing, arranging with that material. So, oh, right. so Kung Fu Panda, obviously, Hans and John did the, did the, did the score and yeah. did the themes. And so then the additional composers take that stuff and then rework it you know, bringing what they bring to the table, also having to sort of sound like them. Yeah. Um, on, you know, this it's such a massive job that with a movie like that, it's very difficult for the for the one guy to kind of do it, to all, do it in, all in the time that that is allotted. Right. Um, so, yeah, I spent a lot of time doing... I'd spent five, six years doing additional music for, for Hans and for Henry Jackman and wow. for Ramin and for John. And, and that's uh, kind of how you earn your... Your stripes, Getting and, words, and then yeah. you know, eventually, lucky me, Henry um, sort of gifted me a co-write. Um, and, well, I actually I did Freebirds first yeah. um, with Jimmy, and then with you know, Jimmy. work got a bit tight, and I had to go back to doing additional music. And then from that point, Henry was like, "Listen, I've got this show. I want to do it, but I can't give everything to it." So they're open to a co-write and I was like great and that and, was and that was sort of the spark that then you know luckily High Castle was so well received and um, critically acclaimed that that you kind of need one of those to get the ball rolling because although Freebirds is a I think is a great film and it's very yeah. underrated didn't necessarily have the critical acclaim that would get that ball rolling for someone like me not like, enough people saw it yeah like, right yeah. and it was very because it was Thanksgiving it was very specific to the US right um but anyway, so but it thing, does take something like with that. a little bit of traction to sort of get your career off the ground. And, and something with Ridley Scott attached to it. It's exactly, probably, you know, yeah. Like it, that, it, that was vehicle. the project that sort of um, that, that lit the fire. And then again, Henry, um, uh, he produced a score that I wrote called Money Monster, which was directed by Jodie Foster. Oh, wow. Um, and again, that was... How was she to work with? Did you get to work with her the most directly? unbelievable person. I just, really? I, would, I didn't... It was a save job, so it didn't work out with the last composer. Um, so they brought me on with three weeks left. Um, and working with her was just an utter dream. She's such a yeah. wonderful person. Wow. She's just so warm but strong and just so cool. She knew what she was looking for. Yeah, and be, I think because... I think because she she was she's got she's so loyal and she was just invested in 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 the last guy that it, it sort of maybe went on a bit too long, but then you know she came in um, with the editor Matt Chesse who um, he edited uh, I can't remember which Bond film it is now but he's an awesome guy and we hit it off too, and normally when you're playing back cues to a director you know you play back you hit space bar it stops and you, there's an awkward silence <laughs> and, then they, and then they tell you well what's that instrument I'm not really into that or what's that yeah. but that bit's cool like carry on with that and they give you notes and you go uh -huh. and you do them um, 
but she sat there and she's writing notes and we're all like, oh crap, she's got so many notes. But she, she was writing down everything that she loved about it. Yeah. And I'd well, never had great. that before. Well, yeah. usually they tell you what they don't like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it would just, it was just meant to be and we hit it off and, and I'm really proud of it. It's all electronic, um, really kind of quirky noises and sounds. Like I took everything from the stock market and manipulated it with oh, plugins really? and stuff. Yeah. And, and went about it that way. And she loved all that stuff. And it was just a really amazing experience. You know, we went up to Skywalker to do the dub. Um, hmm. Cycling up to How the, was that? That was awesome. I mean, <laughs> I'd mean, been there for free birds well, with Jimmy. Yeah. Um, which was great. You know, Jimmy on the, on the barbecue cooking steaks and red wine. Um, but then, you know, cycling up to the dubbing stage... And then, you know, Jodie Foster pulls up next to you on a bike. You're like, wow. what, is, what is going on? Now, uh, this is California. This is Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, yeah. anywhere that you look, you know, sometimes you walk into a restaurant and you lean over and that's, right. you know. And I just found out yesterday that uh, John Travolta bought a house on my street, a number of doors down. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I guess they're trying to keep it quiet. It's not quiet anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, 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 uh, well, well, but that's pretty good. And Dr. Gray lives two doors, two doors down for me. Oh, really? He's got a house two doors down for me. So well, this is LA. You just know who, you never know who you might want. You'll notice if there's planes start parking in your street now. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you'd be landing over there. I don't think yeah. there's quite enough. Actually, Dre's lived next door to you for a long time, didn't he? Well, he lived in our neighborhood for a while. Then he moved and gave his house. You take Jordan to school a few times. Uh, yeah, there's a story about that. Uh, we yeah. could talk about that. Okay. Uh, after our break, we're going to take a little bit bre uh, break for just a second. We're going to be right back. This is very interesting, and I want you guys to kind of get this because there's a lot of different ways to make a living in music, and these guys have taken a very cerebral way uh -huh. to do it. I want to talk about um, the differences between doing music for film and TV, because with TV, sure. there's a lot of breaks yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, commercial breaks uh -huh. and things like that. So uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. We got Dominic Lewis, and we got Daniel Future right here, and Nick Dias translating for me. <laughs> Hello. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, everybody, go to allguitarnetwork.com or go to the App Store and download the All Guitar Network. It's free, and you get to see these podcasts for free the following week. The podcast will be on a Tuesday. The following Tuesday, you'll see the video at the All Guitar Network exclusively. It's better than that fucking lullaby thing that you played before. I don't know what was going on with that, but I almost fell asleep before we started here. But I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. And you know that you can watch it for free at the All Guitar Network the following week, one, one week delayed after the podcast comes out. So if you want to see what we look like, not me necessarily, probably. Oh, you don't want to see that. Uh, it's an ugly sight. But the rest of these young fellas here, so uh, it's really cool. And we're talking to the great Dominic Lewis, who's like an award-winning composer for so many things. 
X-Men to all kinds of things like that. We're going we're gonna to talk about some of the other stuff. And Daniel Future, who uh, works with Dominic, who is a great musician on his own. And uh, so they work together putting this stuff together. And what I wanted to kind of ask is, you know, the differences between composing for film and composing for TV. Um, what would you guys think about that? I mean, the main thing is time. Yeah. Uh, with TV, if you're lucky, you get two weeks. Um, network stuff tends to be about a week. Um, and then with a movie, it ranges from... As I said before, you know, I've had three weeks to do Money Monster and, you know, Peter Rabbit 1 was nine months because I was wow. brought, brought on really early. Yeah. Um, your director really likes to sort of get stuck in early yeah. and get sounds in. And, and as Danny was saying, you know, we had the chance to really dig in and do that, that EP. It was so great because, as I said, you know, we missed that stuff and we love the job that we do, but we yeah. missed all that stuff. So we were able to get in the studio and, and do that kind of mini EP, which he really responded to. But then, you know, you put it up against the movie and it's not cinematic enough. So the whole, the, the way that score came about was from that starting point, which Will Gluck, the director, really liked. It was, it was like, I like it, but it's not big enough. It's not cinematic enough. And then so me being me just shoved a huge orchestra on top of it and that's the sound of the score so you get that hybrid kind of like um you know beatles um all uh, stones uh xtc influenced stuff and then put an orchestra on top of it and it uh, sounds pretty cool well i know you're a cellist uh, right, and you you come from a, a classical background really i guess mm -hmm. and, and you very much your, so. your mom and dad but how much of a facer is it to to realize I've got to stick an orchestra on this. I mean, what's your process? There? Did, did you know about scoring for an orchestra? Yeah. Or did you learn that as you were... Uh, I mean, I played in orchestras as a child and, oh, and quartets okay. and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I started so cello you know when I was three. Works. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to write for all the instruments. <laughs> so, yeah. um, when I left school and I auditioned for the Royal Academy of Music, I was pretty raw. I mean, you know, I was the right. singer-songwriter that did string arrangements and maybe a few horn stuff in there. Right. And I actually lived next to a TV composer called Paul, Paul Pritchard, um, who did, um, you know, lots of documentaries and TV stuff. Right. Uh, kind of, I guess it must be like 15 years ago now. Right. But um, so he's sort of another person that took me under his wing and, and I would show him these pieces of that I was auditioning with to the academy and he'd right. tell me like okay well that's not going to sound great on the flute down there so let's if you want that let's put that up there, put that over there. so he was the yeah. first person to really kind of teach me basic orchestration and then just from knowing classical music and going to the royal academy to learn um composition study composition for four years i was able to be in practice rooms with people and learn what instruments do where they sound good and then i had a fantastic orchestration teacher called yeah. chris austin um, so, yeah, I mean, all that stuff is so, so great to have as a skill. But then there's the flip side of that where you need to be able to do what you do on paper in a computer to be able to, say if it's TV, the difference right. being most of the time there's not a budget to record it. So it, huh. what you're doing in your computer, in your sequencer, is what's going out. On TV. Well, one thing with writing for different instruments and different sections, like the string section or horn section or whatever, you know, there's different registers where yeah. these things have to come in. So if you crowd one register, it gets real muddy and, you know, you have to know where those things actually come Completely. in yeah. and how to, you know, place them. And the way that film music has gone, I mean, 
being able to learn from hands was such a another pinch pinch the skin yeah moment in my life um because he's a rule breaker you know he's a he's a guy who comes from synths and he comes from bands and he doesn't necessarily i don't think he's probably ever had an orchestration traditional orchestration lesson. right um he but he's just he's just it's like that crazy genius brain that he has um and me being very formally trained and okay well no the trombones must be here and and so on and so forth you know hans has a way of flipping it on its head and making it sound super cool which is why he's able to like change the way film music is every yeah. decade um so that's an that's that was also a really great experience for me to be like hey we don't, there's not one way of doing it mm-hmm. it helps to have the knowledge like for the for all the orchestration stuff in the cartoons. I mean, it's very traditional orchestral yeah. music. So it was. it's really great for me to have that skill, but also learning from other guys and being, well, that's not necessarily how you have to do it. Um, right. And Which we're helped we're, also by the incredible players in LA and London who can make their instruments do that when they're not actually supposed to be able to do that. So actually well, we go, was, was, okay, well, you can play down there, then let's yeah, do it because it sounds cool. But there was Hans and Danny Elfman who also did that jump from from sort of contemporary rock band to rock band to crazy orchestration exactly and that's where they get their sound oh really Uh, and there's another friend of ours you know Jeff Russo from Tonic I know Jeff yeah Yeah. he's he does film score all the time he just did the Star Trek movie actually he's got so many TV shows yeah he's yeah he's he's like the TV guy yeah he's got like eight shows on at one time yeah Yeah. he's great so play music let me ask you Danny how how do you come in on this do you actually play some of the instruments or do you just help organize things or come in with ideas or yeah what's your uh, uh, your thing together with Dominic well like at, at the start it was like just so like it's uh, I learned so much really what it was. like yes I was like the tech so I worked on all the computers and stuff but I got to sit in the back of the room while he's working on a cue and just watching and listening and seeing how he orchestrates because I didn't have that I didn't like study orchestration or I was a band kid growing up mm-hmm. not a geeky band kid cool <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, not a cool band yeah, kid yeah yeah so rock we, band we kid. knew that yeah, yeah 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 but um like so that was like my training and it, it's still like ongoing today like I'm still going in his room and just listening to what's going on like oh wow like, I gotta know you could do that and then I'm like able to ask him questions so right. like we collaborate now just like on like pretty much everything that we do it's like listen like can you listen to this and i'm listening to the stuff that we do and then like peter rabbit was a perfect example where like okay let's record all this stuff and he's playing guitar and like it's just just pretty much everything you know what i mean like it's like everything musical we're just collaborating on it pretty much yeah Yeah. i think danny is a, a place now so he started as my assistant and as he said he was you know taking stuff and you kind of it, there's a I was very lucky because I had contacts and I was able to to come in at a writing level and that's not necessarily what happens um, I just knew the right people and they gave me an yeah. opportunity and I didn't fuck it up so um, <laughs> so be careful of that don't language. fuck it up oh, I'm sorry you know, I'm no, sorry because no, no, uh, you know I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, Remember, kids, I didn't mess don't it up. fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't yeah. mess it up. So, but normally the you know you go from intern to tech to additional composer, which is is you know Danny's sort of at the end of that now, where he's you know he's almost ready to do Make it, the be, be the yeah. like be the guy in the chair, you know. So right. Danny's been cool. amazing. Um, you know, he's like my little brother, and we we constantly 
you know, if I'm trying to write a theme for something, I'll call him and be like, what's it right? Even yesterday, I was trying to write something um, for the Kingsman movie I'm doing. Um, it has to be super dark, and I was like, can you pop in a sex? Sorry to be annoying, but this one or this one, and yeah. and so vice versa. Like, can you board. come and listen to this? Because you know. Want so you've got a good sounding board view. as well, yeah, yeah. which yeah. always every, and a, an opinion that you needs. trust, and yeah. you, you know, and you have we have very similar tastes in music, um, and it, it's just been great to have that, you know, other, um, other pair of ears around the studio. Yeah, someone sort of pair of ears you can trust. Uh, so you were saying about him playing guitar on stuff, yeah. Right? But the reason we're talking today, this gentleman just bought a really nice yes. guitar from us. A beautiful Trini Lopez yeah. guitar. Yeah. A, a gorgeous, well rare bird. Trini Lopez yeah. from yeah, 1966. Yeah, yeah. So do you still, enjoy, you still get down and get dirty on a couple Oh, I of love things? it. No, yeah. I absolutely love yeah. it. I'm, I, I don't call myself a guitar player. It's definitely a hobby. But, you know, with the beauty of computers, you can, you can sort of you time can. and tune anything. Not yeah. so much tuning with a guitar, but... The timing, he's spent hours, like on Peter Rabbit, I've been doing all these acoustic chugs and all this, you know, stuff that drives the, because the score is very kind of like yeah. rabbity, just going the whole Get time. You know, and I'm not great, so he spent hours on, then you got on comp, Cubase, comp like, stuff <laughs> comping and, stuff yeah, together. Yeah. And, yeah, no, but it was a really cool experience, you know. Um, I'm not terrible. It's but uh, <laughs> he's nodding his head. Um, but the electronic, uh, the, I am the, the, <laughs> the, the mysteries of the electronic world aside. You st you can still get you know use an acoustic guitar. Love or, it. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have the, my mum. My mum bought me my first guitar. When yeah. I was fifteen. It's a Tanglewood TW fifteen. And nice. It's, and it sounds. Everyone's like, "Is that a Martin?" It's like, "No, it's just old. It sounds great." <laughs> yeah, it's um, my guitar. It was like in yeah. Guitar Magazine when I was fifteen. Like the first level guitar you should get this because it's great and it had a fishman pickup in it and all that kind of stuff right. so and that's my only acoustic that i use still um well there's no substitute for age yeah like myself <laughs> yeah so. but, age um, and experience yeah, yeah. you know yeah. i play yeah. guitar you know i've got a yamaha u3 in the studio i bang on that and yeah. you know in a poppy way i can't play classical piano to save my life um you know but i do i still pick up the cello for, for high castle I, I play all the cello stuff on that and i can make a nice sound it still needs a bit of you know, nip and, nip and tuck <laughs> on the old computer. But, you know, I like to play. I like, And I love to sing, you know. I'm, I'm always singing. I sing so much stuff on DuckTales, you know. But I, we we have to do a lot of songs and things. You have to do it in a duck voice? Or? Um, not, not a duck voice, but there's been some weird voices. There's a, there's a, a song I did last season called Waddle Duck, which was kind of based off that 80s kind of power ballad thing, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, and right now we're doing a Halloween thing, and, you know, there needs to be sort of a spooky voice. And so yeah. I get to kind of manipulate my voice. And I did that before before I was earning money writing music. I was doing session scenes for, for Hans and for Henry and for... Oh, cool. So, I, you know, the, the scream and the, and the voices on Captain America, that's all me. Oh, cool. The, the weird Catwoman stuff in... in uh, Batman versus Superman is that's me. Um, Did you have to shave to do Catwoman? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but yeah, and I did the uh, the Spider-Man. I think it's the second Amazing Spider-Man. The, right. uh, the, the the animated one. No, 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 the the one with Jamie Fox as Electro. Oh, like oh, okay. all those whispering voices and this. That's oh, really? All me. Yeah, wow. I, I worked with that was cool because I got oh, to meet Pharrell on that one. It was great. Yeah. Um, 
I'll just pick that name up. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you dropped something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it's been you know playing and performing, and I'm actually trying to trying to figure out how to do a performance of the High Castle music. Yeah. Um, it, it, the show last season drops on November the. 15th I think and I'm trying so you want to do that as a performance yeah because a lot of a lot of TV composers Jeff and and um, the guys that do the Cobra Kai stuff they did a performance of the of the Karate Kid stuff oh I bet that's fun it'd be great to just bring it to life perform it you know as I say I do Hollywood Bowl probably be a good place yeah that'd be nice yeah that'd be great I've actually I've actually played at the Hollywood Bowl once I was I did the I was the cellist on the Dave Stewart Beatles tribute oh really so that was you know obviously behind the main guys but it was nice to kind of look out at the lights and be like you're still playing at the Hollywood Bowl what you're playing at the Hollywood Bowl so it sounds like man you're blessed you you got a lot of great stuff going on how'd you like la how'd i absolutely you... love it it's pretty fantastic i love it, it? Yeah. i mean as a i mean you can attest to it as a brit i've been, had to be on on the on the king's man movie i've had to um had to be in london quite a lot this year yeah um and it's so depressing it's just like i i think because when i lived there i was a different person you know i yeah. was i was hungry i was in the struggle and you know when all that you go stuff back it's different isn't it's it? so different and yeah. the weather is so depressing we fly into heathrow and it's just it's gray matte gray yeah. and you're like wow someone turn the turn the color up yeah <laughs> my wife loves it, it and if, if i said let's move back she'd jump at it but let's, yeah. i'm not moving from la i love yeah. it no. So, Especially when you got kids, it's yeah. a nice place to bring kids. I, I have a friend of mine named Bruce Miller who does a lot of TV movie and uh, TV shows, and um, he does the music for a lot of these shows, Becker and Fraser and all that. And I went in. Uh, he's got a home studio, and I went into his studio. And uh, you know, when he has these shows and they go on for like seven, eight years, he would have like a call for a nine and a half second spot. And he had probably 25 of them that he could go in his library. Yeah. And he was able to do a show in about 40 minutes, like a, a wow. complete show, because he had all these spots. I mean, once, the very beginning, you've got to create the spots that suit the, uh, the show. But once you have all those in the bank, then he was able to just kind of go, that one, I will use number, let's listen to number one, number six, and number nine. Mm -hmm. And then he would pick which one would be the most appropriate. And he was able to knock it off so quickly. Have you ever had any experience like that where you've had them in the bank where you could go to? There's definitely, yeah. I mean, when when you've done four seasons of Man in the High Castle, there's definitely music that can be, that can be put in other places. And I have an amazing music editor on that called Daniel Waldman who... Um, definitely help me out with um, we call it tracking basically because it's not the stuff I do is not necessarily spots with that little kind of intro outro stuff they tend to be kind of longer storytelling t kinds of things um, it's more different more difficult with uh, with the cartoon stuff with the animation stuff because it's so specific to what's going on but we're playing around with it now on, on DuckTales to see, you know, what there's hours and hours and hours of music to see what can be yeah. what can be placed around because we've just written so much of it. So yeah. um, that's definitely. I mean, if if I, I I kind of built a rod for my own back when I did the palette for DuckTales because it's this hybrid massive <laughs> orchestra stuff that all has to be in the box, so it all has to sound real. So it's hours of programming. Um, so moving like trying to do that and and cut that stuff into other 
places is more difficult. But we're, we're playing around with it to see if it works. But the goal would be to have one of those shows that it's so minimal that you can just like yeah. splice <laughs> it around, you, you know, can, in a yeah. law and order kind like, of way. Like old, old school dun, where dun, you can watch like, it. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's working. <laughs> dang, dang, dang. Yeah. yeah. So, Dom, you and Nick uh, have a mutual friend who I guess you both worked with, with Justin from Tool. Uh, no, we were talking about Jimmy Hayward, who's... Okay, but I thought... Who's uh, um, Danny, you know, yeah, we both know Danny Carey's uh, yeah, the drummer. Danny, well, yeah, I know Justin Danny. as well, but I never worked with Justin. Yeah. Um, Danny played um, the drums on for the Freebird soundtrack, which is when I first met him, and, you know, we've been... We hit it off, too, um, and, you know, we go to basketball games together. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's he so funny. His, it's so funny. You rock, he loves his people like Danny. You, you, I, you go to Danny's house, you get in his cheddar cheese Lamborghini, yeah. and he rocks up to the game, and there's all these guys with drumsticks. They don't know if he's going to be there that day. He could be on tour or anything. They're just waiting for him with drumsticks, and he's and he's such a sweetheart. He's, he stays there, and he signs the drumsticks. That big grin lights up the room, and he's like, yeah, yeah sure, yeah, so yeah, funny. I'll do it. So uh, he's, a, he's a drummer who can play in a lot of different time signatures, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they that's a, 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 a funny thing. Justin's uh, probably my, you know, one of my best friends, if not my best friend. I was his best man at his wedding. Um, but the uh, their particular language, they will, talk, you know, that especially that nine eight seven time signature that drops into a different thing, and they completely get it. Danny and Justin are like two heads on the same body. Yeah. And it's so difficult for other other humans to follow <laughs> and keep it sometime. musical, yeah. yeah, and keep it musical and make it sexy as well, yeah. which they manage to do. Well, it's, they're so close as well. I mean, when you yeah. hang out with them, they're they're like brothers. I mean, they and so they just get what each other's doing. Yeah, uh, but there's I I played with Justin and he'll pop something up and I'm I'm just like no I'm out I'm done I was <laughs> like I get a headache after about five minutes I can't keep up. But uh, those guys seem to do it very well. And of course, they're friends with Jimmy Hayward, who's the director of Free Birds and a bunch of other great movies. He did John Hex and... Horton Hears a Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did Horton Hears a Who. Yeah. So that's actually how, weirdly, John Powell did Horton Hears a Who for Jimmy. So Jimmy went back to John to say, will you do my next movie, Free Birds? He's like, I really can't. I'm so slammed right now. But here here are... five names on a piece of paper, the, the, guys, <laughs> the guys that John's worked with for years and I was one yeah. of them. Um, and he point, apparently John pointed to my name and said, um, I think out of these you're going to get on with this guy the best. Oh, fantastic. And so that's why Jimmy, to cut back to the previous section, that's why Jimmy quit. So I need to meet this guy because John said I should meet him and that's that's where my career started. Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. And, and so great. what can we look forward to? That I know you're working on some stuff right now. Um, what's What's... In the whole coming out. Yeah, so I'm co-writing the score with uh, a guy called Matthew Margeson, who also came through the, the Zimmer ranks, um, to The King's Man, which is the prequel to the Kingsman movies. Um, so I'm not even Colin, sure if I'm supposed Colin to say Firth that, but hey, whatever. <laughs> you can say anything you want here, because I don't give a shit. So that's <laughs> <laughs> the trailer's out. The trailer's out. Yeah, I, like um, I like those Kingsman movies. Yeah, this one's really different. It's super cool. Um yeah. You see from the trailer, it's 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 a prequel, so it's set in the First World War. It's it's, it's super cool. It's gonna be young Colin Firth then, or something. No, bef- way before that. Wh- oh yeah, really? So it's, um, oh my god. Yeah, it's it's Rafe Fiennes and oh. uh, Reese Fans and uh, Matthew Good and uh, wow. Charles Dance and yeah, the cast is insane. Wow. Awesome. Gemma Arterton's in it. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, that's that's coming out next year, and then also Peter Rabbit two 
uh, I'm working on. That's coming out next year. Yeah. Um, and then I do, as I say, I do the DuckTales TV show. I do another TV show called Rocketeer, which isn't out yet uh, for Disney as well. Um, and... Busy boy. Busy. Yeah, I've got two, as I said earlier, I've got two singles that I wrote a while ago out on Spotify. And they're today. on Spotify under Dominic Lewis? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the, the one, there's a track called One More Day, which I wrote for, um, when my nan died, I wrote for her funeral. And it's very much um, influenced by, Norm and I were t- talking earlier about Brian Wilson, yeah. um, a huge hero of mine. It's very much influenced by, you know, Brian's harmony and particularly the song Surf's Up. I sort of took that and kind of, mangled it around in my brain and came out with this song for my nan. Mm. Um, and the other one's more kind of like a just sort of Beatles, Bowie, Beach Boys mashup. It's just, you know, when I, when I don't... That doesn't sound bad. When I do, well, I'm, <laughs> yeah. it's Beatles, Bowie, nowhere near yeah. any of those guys. But um, when I have time off, I just sort of sit in the studio and, and I, like to, I do love to write songs still. So For fun, yeah. Fantastic. You know, when, when we did a podcast with Don Peake, and he was in the Wrecking Crew. And, uh, you know, a lot of the guys who were in the Wrecking Crew um, were really jazz musicians, but they, um, you know, were the go-to guys when you needed something done. And the one guy that they all respected more than any of the rock guys, because a lot of them, they didn't really take a lot of it seriously, was Brian Wilson. Because uh, they said when he came in, his sense of arranging and he knew what he wanted. He kind of heard it all in his head mm, from yeah, the beginning. Yeah. And it was, you know, very interesting how they had this respect for him much more than any of the other rock guys because yeah. um, he just knew what he was aiming for and he would yeah. explain the parts to them. And uh, I know you're a big fan of Huge Brian fan. Wilson. I mean, I listened to the Beach Boys in, in my dad's car and mom's car growing up. And then as a teenager, late teens, I found smile yeah and it changed my life because you you had this this window into his head yeah and it was just like wow i didn't even know that kind of stuff was possible um just incredible i I, yeah i worship the guy yeah it's a little treasure box isn't it yeah you sort of get to see it and then you know i've been lucky enough to record some stuff at, at um at East West and, and to be in just to walk into that room where they did all the wrecking crew did all that stuff yep. it's just mm-hmm. like yeah it's of course got, you, it's just got yeah. this feel to it like, you were yeah, there too yeah, yeah. It's just, just got, you're like because well, it hasn't changed it hasn't, hasn't changed, changed it so that's another thing about LA you get that sense of oh. history when you walk in some of these places capital and East oh, West yeah and, yeah, and we Ocean Way we record I recorded Fist Fight there with um with Brad Wilk, the drummer from right. uh, Rage Against the Machine, yeah. he came and did some stuff, right. and he's such a lovely guy and a great yeah. drummer. Yeah, we were feeling each other out on how because normally you just put the, you know, the chart in yeah. front of them and they just go for it. And it's like someone like Josh Fries will just like play it once and yeah. you're done. It's done. Yeah. But because of the feel of, I just really wanted Brad's feel to the score, and you yeah, know, it was like he's like, just bear with me because I I've never really done it before and. Absolutely killed it. I Remind mean, me, who was in Fist Fight? That was a uh, was that Kevin that's Charlie Hart? Day and Ice Cube. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. So yeah. it's cool that, that you can take this movie. orchestration and then you come in with a rock and roll perspective. So it's not stuffy and you know right. it kind of you know has a modern tick to it. Yeah, uh, most things I do have some sort of hybrid. I mean, I did Goosebumps to uh, last year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was just purely an orchestral kind of scare fest for kids, which was yeah. you know just was that must have been fun. It was great. It yeah. was it was really fun, you know, because my I my, obviously have heroes John Williams and Alan Silvestri and all those guys who I looked up to, still look up to. Yeah. Um. So it's nice to sort of that was my kind of homage to 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 that 
world of you know Amblin '80s scoring. So, but most of the stuff I do is is you know either band based or electronics or yeah. mixed with orchestra. So you're straddling genres. Yes. yes, yes, I Fantastic. like to straddle those Well, genres. Matt, it's been so interesting talking to you. Uh, looks like we've got to wrap it up. Well, yeah, thanks absolutely. very much for coming I'm in. I'm honored that oh, you guys did it. Pleasure. Thank Danny you, Dan. Dominic. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks thank very you much, guys, again. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. And uh, thank you. it was a lot of fun. And I wanted <laughs> to kind of bring you this because, I mean, it comes from a little bit different perspective. I mean, you guys all go to movies, you hear this stuff. And, you know, it doesn't just appear. You know, people have <laughs> yeah. to create this stuff. And these guys, and it takes, you know, especially on the stuff with big orchestration and all that, there's a lot of thought and a lot of time that goes into this stuff. Definitely. And uh, it's a whole different uh, part of music that, you know, we wanted to just bring to you so that you meet some people that are really interesting that obviously if you know orchestration and the people that write for the music, you would know these guys. But, you know, for a lot of the people, you know, they're sort of behind the scenes, but they're getting it done and these guys are geniuses and, uh, you know, you don't get called back for this many things unless you're doing something right. So, and I just want to tell you guys thank you again for listening to the podcast. And Did, did uh, you want me to play us out, Norm? Put you uh, sleep yeah, again yeah, yeah. Could you bit? do that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's free at the All Guitar Network the following week. Oh yeah, here we go. Right here, the Norm's Raggedars podcast. You know, and by the way, uh, Dominic, that's so, very you good. Know, just in case you're yeah, ever you looking go. for a voice for that's one it. of your cartoons, I will you know, talk I'll to the guys old, at Disney for sure. Yeah, that was amazing. Is, I, you know, just had to drop in. I'm not talented <laughs> in a lot of ways, but that's one of my special talents yes. with my grandchildren. Anyhow, thank you guys for watching the uh, podcast. And listening to the podcast and watching the uh, video at the All Guitar Network the following week. Thank you, Dominic. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks, Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Thanks. My pleasure. Thank you guys for listening. You can get us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us a good rating. We could use it. Thank you very much. <laughs>